up, everybody? Uh, Pastor Clint here uh, with our second episode of King's Cross Talk. I know it's been a little while since the first one. I apologize for that. Things have been a little busy uh, around here. Uh, God has been kind and growing us and, and teaching us lots of new things. I'm excited today uh, to welcome uh, to this episode of King's Cross Talk, uh, Jeffrey and Regina Irons. So uh, grateful. Thank you guys for being here with me today. And uh, and want to start uh, kind of by just getting to know you a little bit. And so I would love to hear, uh, tell, you know, Jeffrey, if you want to go first, and then Regina, you can follow up. But just tell us where you're from originally, um, where you grew up, and, uh, and then maybe how you came to faith uh, in Christ. Okay. Well, uh, originally I'm from Mobile, Alabama. Okay. My family is from Louisiana, from New Orleans, uh, but they moved to Mobile, and then I was born. So I can't claim to be born in New Orleans. Okay. I was born in Mobile. So you LSU or Alabama? Like fans uh, LSU. or LSU, okay, yeah. all right, LSU, all right. LSU, um, and I grew up in Mobile. Um, you know, Mobile was um, in the deep south. Is in the deep south, as you know. And I was born in 1953, so I grew up in the late 50s and the 60s, and when um, most of the culture was um, um, not very pleasant. Mm. Um, and so I grew up in a, a home that I would not consider to be a Christian home, okay. uh, even though my parents were uh, morally good people, if you will. Mm -hmm. And uh, but they taught us to, you know, be kind to people. Um, they taught us how to survive in the environment that we were in. Um, uh, they had they my parents loved each other dearly. Mm -hmm. And so I had an example of a husband and wife relationship that I thought was healthy and good. Um, and um, that's, that's how I grew up yeah, and where yeah. I grew up. Yeah. What is your uh, just recollection and experience during civil rights and all that was going on? Mm. Maybe tell us some just your childhood and yeah, yeah. memories from that. Um, you know, it's funny that you asked that question because uh, my first uh, contact, I would say, real contact uh, with the whole issue of, of race um, and injustice and all that was when my dad took us to the Sanger Theater, which was the big theater in downtown Mobile. And I was so excited to go. I was 13 years old at the time and had never been. And he went up and he bought the tickets at the ticket booth that was right outside the big, beautiful doors to the building. But then we started walking down the sidewalk around the corner to a back entrance. And I didn't understand, wait a minute, those are the doors to the theater. Why is it that we're walking around to the back of the building to go in through a small door up creaky steps in the dark to the balcony. And then when I got up there, I noticed that the seats were wire mesh. And when I looked over the edge of the balcony, the seats down below were very comfortable and plush. And, and, I, and I couldn't enjoy the movie. The movie was The Magnificent Seven. <laughs> And, and I was so excited about seeing it, but I couldn't enjoy the movie because I was confused, I guess, about why is it that my experience at the theater was totally different from what I thought it would be. And so 
then I began to notice the uh, different kind of treatment that I would receive in public places, like at the mall or at the grocery store or just everywhere, everywhere. And so to make a long story short, I attended um, uh, an all-black high school until my senior year. And in my senior year of high school, I had to be transferred to integrate the public school, the high school in Mobile, one of them in Mobile. And so my whole senior year was just a blur of, of riots and chaos and policemen on campus. And it was terrible. It was awful. And um, that kind of thing has a way uh, when you grow up in an environment like that, you know, you talk about the noetic effects of sin. Uh, the, there, there is truth to the fact that the effects of sin on your mind are long lasting. And um, that has, has had an effect on me throughout my whole life, mm, mm, mm. even to this day. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your yeah sharing that with us and the transparency. We'll come back to even some of that, I'm sure, in just a minute. Regina, why don't you tell us a bit where you're from? And, sure, uh, yeah. sure. Uh, I also grew up in Mobile, Alabama, and Jeffrey and I, parents live about maybe 15 minutes uh, apart okay. in the same community, which we didn't realize that until 20 years later when we met. <laughs> but anyway, um, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Uh, my parents only sent us to church on Easter. We didn't own a Bible. Um, my family emphasized being a good person, uh, grow up, get married, uh, go to college, be successful, make something out of yourself. But there was never any spiritual wisdom emphasized. So that's pretty much how I grew up. When did you, when did you come to faith? Uh, I came to faith at age 36. It occurred when I was at a college internship. One of my preceptors uh, presented me with a gospel track. Okay. And uh, I politely read it and thanked her and went about my business. But later, I would read the track in my private times. And now that I realized that God was using that track to kind of prick my conscience and drawing me. And so a few months later, after graduating from the internship, I uh, was able to hear Dr. Charles Stanley explain the gospel. And that's when I repented right there in my living room on my knees, crying out to the Lord to save me. And by his grace, he rescued a broken sinner like myself. So mm, praise God. my life changed. Oh, that's beautiful. Jeffrey, what about you? When did you come to faith? Yeah, um, I was um, after everything in the world that it had to offer. Uh, I was very driven for success because of my environment that I grew up in. I just did not want to be constrained in my quality of life in any way, shape, or form and all that kind of thing. So I thought the best way to deal with that was to be successful. And so I pursued education. I pursued uh, my career with gusto. Um, I climbed the corporate ladder. I set goals for how much money I wanted to make by what age and all of that. Um, and I accomplished all of those goals. Um, I went back to school. I got an MBA from Vanderbilt thinking that that was going to help me continue to climb the corporate ladder, which seemed to work for everybody else. And so I thought it would work for me as well. 
But even after having done all of those things at the age of 41, in the middle of my career, which was on an upward trajectory, I was the most empty, Mm. lost, depressed person you ever wanted to meet. Mm. I would sit on the side of the bed at night and just cry. And I didn't know why. I had MBA in hand. I had six-figure income in hand. I had a beautiful home. I had a beautiful wife. I had everything that the world said you're supposed to have in order to be happy and content. And I was miserable. And I did not know what it was, why it was. I couldn't explain it. And so one Sunday afternoon in, in late October in 1994, I was using the remote control to watch the NFL on football, and it seemed, and, and this, this person kept coming up on the screen who later I learned was Dr. Charles Stanley. Okay. And it seemed like every channel that I turned to, he was on it. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was amazing. And so I finally said, well, I'm just going to stop and listen to see what he's talking about, you know. And... Um, He shared the gospel with me and basically told me what was missing in my life. And that was a relationship with God and that I was a sinner, that I was currently living under his wrath. And that if I did not place my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive me, to to stand in my place to satisfy the wrath of God, I would be doomed to eternal separation from him. And I knew instantly that God was who I was missing Mm. and and a relationship with him, with Christ is what I was missing. And like Regina, and this happened to me a week before it happened to Regina. Unbelievable. So So, right at almost the same time. So a week apart. And, And so I fell on my knees in the living room and wept asking the Lord to save me. And then Regina came running in saying, what's wrong with you? What's the matter with you? And I told her what had happened. And her words to me was that I want what you want, what you have right then and there. And so I said, well, next Sunday, we're going to listen to Charles Stanley again. And and, and because that's all I, I wanted was to hear more about it. And so that following Sunday, we sat down and we turned him on and he, he gives the gospel at the end of every sermon, and that's when she came to faith. Incredible. That's yeah. incredible. It was such an urgency. I had never heard that I was a sinner. I knew God existed because of creation, but outside of that, I knew I didn't know him. And I knew that was that distance. Uh, I didn't know that Adam's sin nature was passed out in human race, which was passed down to me. I had never heard that truth. Mm. And uh, that was just such an urgency that I needed to repent and that I was this close to hell and God's wrath was upon my life. But then God just gave me ears to hear and eyes to see the truth. And I responded by his faith and his good grace. I'm so thankful. Uh, Yeah. Amen. As as am I. And just hearing the story, encouraged and grateful. Now, how long how long have you been married? Since 1987. So that's 35 years, and we dated two years before that. So we've been together 37 years, married 35 years. And how long were you married prior to being converted? Um, 
from 87 to 94, so that would be seven years. All right. Mm -hmm. So spent, yeah, married as non-believers, converted at yeah. similar time, walking with the Lord now. Yeah. What an incredible yes. testimony of grace. And mm -hmm. Now, we, we have to also talk. So, again, I love getting to hear and just highlight different ways God is moving and brings people to our church. Mm -hmm. I got to confess, y'all's story is one of a kind at this point. Uh, I remember uh, the first Sunday I met you, uh, so I'll give you my, my, my take on that. But first, yeah, tell us uh, about your first visit to King's Cross, how that happened, um, and then I'll kind of give my, my perspective on the uniqueness of that scenario. You want me to? Yeah. Okay. We were living in Atlanta, Georgia, well, outside of Atlanta, Georgia. We had moved there for two and, and lived there for two years for the sole purpose of being trained in biblical counseling. We were living in Florida before that. And we wanted to be trained in biblical counseling to get certified. And the nearest training center was at a church right outside of Atlanta. And so we were so committed to biblical counseling and being equipped to do it that we were willing to relocate to do it. Mm -hmm. And so we put our house up for sale. We had retired by that time. We put our house up for sale. We moved to the Atlanta area. We completed the two-year training process and got certified and all that and a series of God has a way of of moving you and and what I refer to as loosening your tent pegs because we had every intention of of living there we bought a home there we did not know that 24 months later we were going to be on the move again and um, uh, the reason why we were on the move again is because the environment that we found ourselves in was very toxic because of the political atmosphere that was prevalent sure. at the time. Sure. And we became ultra discouraged because we did not see much of a difference between what was going on in the world and what was going on in the church, in the body of Christ, re relative to the, the political atmosphere. Yeah. And it was to a point where we f believed that uh, it was very possible that we were in an environment where, where, where brothers and sisters had lost their first love, where the gospel had been replaced with uh, politics, mm -hmm. where Christ had been replaced with uh, celebrity politicians, uh, and it was an environment that the Holy Spirit just did not allow us to be comfortable in at all. And so this was during 2020, right? Yeah, You're right. Yeah, it's a yeah. really difficult year on the church. Very and so much many so. Of these conversations. Very much right, so. Right. And uh, it broke our hearts because we are firm believers that in Ephesians chapter two, it talks about how it was the blood of Christ yeah, yeah. that brought down the walls of separation between people, yeah, yeah. and that it. And that God never intended for 11 o'clock on Sunday morning to be the most segregated hour of the week. And it hurt us so much to see how brothers and sisters in Christ could not be united around Christ, but rather to unite around political preferences and all of that. Uh, it, it hurt us. It, it, it deeply hurt us. 
And so um, we prayed about it because we never move or relocate or do anything without prayer and without being convinced that that it is the will of God that we do something to the best that we can understand it. Because when you walk by faith and not by sight, you don't have to know the end sure. before sure. you start the beginning. And so uh, we said, well, let's first find a, a location in the country that is not so politically um, polarized as compared to the deep south. As compared to the deep south. Okay. Let's find a place where the cost of living, where we could afford to live there and, and buy a house and all that. But more importantly than that, than all of that, we must find a place that has a church, if, it, if one exists, that does church according to scripture and where Christ is the head. And I told Regina, I said, Google intentionally multi-ethnic church after we had decided that Greensboro was the physical location that seemed to fit the bill but it was but we had to still find that church because we are never interested in a location more than we are a local body of Christ for us to belong to. Amen. Amen. So when when she Googled intentionally multi-ethnic church, King's Cross popped up. And we started looking at uh, YouTube videos on the worship services here and and we would listen to the preaching and 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 all and then we said well and we read everything on the website and we say well all that sounds good and it looks good but you never know until you go and see uh -huh. and so that's the weekend that we came up here we say let's get in the car let's drive up and let's go visit that church and see if what uh the church uh, portends on the website is true in actuality. And so uh, to our great pleasure, uh, we found that that uh, King's Cross walks the walk that it talks, mm -hmm. at least from our first encounter. Sure. Um, and so we said, you know, we prayed about it and, and we were convinced that this is where we needed to be, where God was 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 moving us to actually, and we did not hesitate to go back home and to make the decision that we were going to put our house up for sale. And then we came back up here a few weeks later to say, we, we need to buy a house. We need to find a place to live. And and that's all a story yeah, all yeah. unto itself. Yeah. But uh, Regina, that's why don't how you, we got here. Yeah. Regina, why don't you tell me about that that Sunday morning? Again, maybe your your experience and even y'all praying Kind of just experientially, what were you thinking, you know, as you visited and, and then driving back home? Yeah. Sure, I love to uh, share uh, that experience. Uh, the church was very welcoming to us that Sunday. I recall meeting uh, uh, Brittany West and uh, Rebecca and yourself. Mm -hmm. You came up to us and, and, you, and you, you realized we were visiting the church and we said, yeah, we're visiting from Atlanta. You said, from Atlanta. You all came all the way to Greensboro to, to visit King Cross. We go, yes. And uh, you said, oh, okay. That's intriguing. But anyway, uh, we got very good uh, warm reception and love from the people. And then uh, 
we felt good about that. And we even got invited to a uh, community group. Lynn and Sam Beasley yeah. uh, opened up their home to us to join them that evening. Mm-hmm. And we told them our story while we was there, and they was like, wow. So everybody was like, okay. And so we had pretty much shared with everybody that we were just being led by the Spirit. We was praying and that uh, our intentions were to relocate to a healthy church that we could be a part of that was intentionally multi-ethnic. Yeah. And so it was exciting. Incredible, yeah. yeah. I remember again thinking, yeah. Uh, yeah, God has been kind. We've had lots of visitors, but that was definitely the first ever that's like you're from, yeah, Atlanta. You're visiting from Atlanta this morning. You're just here to visit the church. And so I remember being encouraged and praying and going home that day and thanking, Lord, uh, we've been praying. Again, we want to be multi-ethnic, multi-generational. And uh, so, it, yeah, as a pastor, you pray, and then and then we met that Sunday morning. Like, my, my goodness, Lord, is this you know, an answer to these prayers. There's there's plenty of answers, but so encouraged by that now and a couple of years ago and you guys haven't been here and plugged in. I'd love to just kind of wrap up our conversation with maybe Regina, you start and then Jeffrey, you you, you uh, conclude. But just what are ways you're trusting the Lord now and ways you want to serve him and his church uh, in this season of life, uh, ways that uh, that you're seeking, uh, you mentioned counseling, but just what are what are the burdens on your heart right now and ways that you're you're trusting God to use you now? I am so thankful that you asked that question because we know that the Spirit gives us those godly desires. And the desire that the Holy Spirit has put in my heart first is to reestablish my relationship with Him and grow deeper in being filled with the Spirit every day so that I can walk in the Spirit, Mm -hmm. so that I would please God and not myself. And so I'm doing a very deep dive in the study of the Holy Spirit. And also I am uh, a part of an inductive Bible study one day a week at a church around the corner for me. It has been great. Uh, We're in the book of Mark. And also uh, the Lord has given me a hunger to teach and to disciple women. And I'm also volunteering at the uh, Pregnancy Network Center as a peer advocate and also uh, mentoring young ladies there. And so and so the Lord is really working and moving, so I'm excited. Praise God, yeah, and thanks for your, your faithful service and just setting an example and, and the zeal and passion to continue to grow and, and be used. So, Jeffrey, what about you? Yeah, I'm kind of... Um, the Lord, it's funny how the Lord works with us in similar ways uh, and different ways, but similarly, um, I am enjoying thoroughly... Um, getting to know him afresh mm. and anew. Mm. Um, so much so to the point where um, my focus is on loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. That is what our, my priority has been since we moved here. Uh, and that has caused me to reach out to the widow across the street from us who's 78 years old, not in good health at all, but we have kind of adopted her. She didn't know us before we moved there. We didn't know her, but we have adopted her, and uh, we we care for her the way that the Bible says that we should. We have reached out to people around us to just bring God glory and to make him known, uh, spending time with our neighbor on, on, uh, across the other street from us who has visited the church with us here several times, uh, the sales manager of the townhome community that, we, that, that handled our transaction. Uh, we're in the process of, of sharing the gospel with her to a point where we, we're meeting on a weekly basis for that to happen. Um, I'm also involved in the Aspire 
class, which is a godsend for me, as we were talking before, uh, it is just so rich and, and, and brings me so much closer to him and to, and to understand like I've never understood before his love for, for me mm. and, and, and how my love for him has to grow, mm. must grow, should grow. Um, th- we're also involved in the Good Neighbor Team yeah. uh, because I have quite an interest in diversity and, and, and multi-ethnicities and languages and cuisines and all that kind of thing. And so it was a, it, it was a desire that we had to, to be welcoming to people because I know what it feels like to be a sojourner. Mm. I felt like a sojourner most of my life. Mm. Um, naturally and spiritually. And so I know what that feels like. And so it's just a great opportunity for us to be able to show the love of Christ to people uh, who, who we don't know. Um, How else? Um, We like to do hospitality. Uh, We uh, have had, since we've been here since last November, We've had about 23 people in our home for dinner, (laughs) you know, and not that I'm counting or or keeping count or anything, uh, but it is such a wonderful way to fellowship uh, in the Lord where the conversation is about him, not about sports, not about not that there's anything wrong with that. But when brothers and sisters get together in Christ, that's what we want to talk about. And uh, that's what we, we, we have done. And uh, I am always open to the Lord's leading, to the Spirit's leading on how he would want me to serve. Uh, there's nothing below me. Uh, there's nothing that I won't do um, because he just, like, like we learned the other night, um, our reward is based on our labor and our faithfulness, not the results or, or how big it is or how small it is or in man's uh, way of thinking. And so however my gifts can be used in the body of Christ for the edification of the body and for bringing God glory, I'm willing. Amen. Amen. So thank you guys so much just okay. for, the, for the example you are to our flock and who you are uh, in, in, in this story. So thanks for joining us again for this episode of King's Cross Talk. Hope that you've been encouraged, that you've uh, been stirred, your affections have been stirred for God uh, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And, uh, and know that we hope in the future we're going to be having different kinds of podcasts where we, we hear uh, stories and testimonies like this, uh, but also thinking about theological issues, cultural issues, uh, and kind of the moment we live in. What does it look like to be faithful as members of King's Cross Church? And we hope this is encouraging uh, to other believers as well. So love you guys. Uh, Thanks for joining with us. Grace and peace. Mm